Brian's better. Street cred. Street cred. Sounds pretty gay to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> you just go back and forth, see who who who's gayer than the other. And at hey. the end, you end up, you know, making out and feeling all awkward. But everyone's a winner then. I've never so, lost. Welcome to the Full Scoop Podcast, now even fuller than before. We got news, we got skits, and we got banter. And today in our Full Scoop segment, where we discuss one big topic of the week, we're wrapping up Pride Month with a discussion of LGBT and Hollywood. Stick around for that, it'll be juicy. I'm your host, Alan Brown, and serving up stories with me today are Jesse, Johnny, Ben, and Winston. Hello, everybody. Hey, glad to see Hello. everybody back Hi. today. Hello. Morning. Hello. Hey. Everybody went British on me. Let me do that again. <laughs> Hello. 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 Hi. Hey, How's it going? Cheerio. I picked up this accent in Boss Kenya. Now, to the monologue. I was expecting that little soundtrack again. So apparently, Buzz Lightyear has a gay sex scene. Hide your kids. Morality is in the dumpster. The end is nigh. I officially boycotted that movie because of that. Because of the gay sex scene? I was so fucking excited for this movie, dude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because of the gay sex scene? And then my wife dropped my wife. Yeah, because of that scene. <laughs> no. And then all they gave me was a kiss. Name? Yeah. So... <laughs> Overrated. So, yeah, apparently that's not true. So two female characters briefly kiss on the lips. And this is what, you know, conservatives are all twisted up about. One of the loudest arguments that I heard was, this is a kid's movie, gosh darn it. But kissing has never really caused an uproar before when it was straight couples kissing. In recent interviews, ex-Captain America Chris Evans recommends we simply stop getting our panties in a twist. I have to agree. I mean, if you're offended by a few cartoon frames... What do you think of this most vulgar word, cocktail? Sounds filthy. In other super gay news, that was hard to believe. Uh, Warner Brothers is making a Barbie movie. Regarding the movie itself, the internet is mostly excited, while some are apprehensive. This has all the potential to get overhyped and not deliver. Like the gay kiss. Regarding Ryan, the baby goose gosling, dressed up as Ken in a denim vest and showing off some really tanned apps. The internet is pretty clear. That's right. They, we, us, love it. And uh, Margot Robbie is Barbie in it. So um, we haven't seen her tanned abs yet, but we await with anticipation. Now we go from men and women getting wet to a story about flooding. Earlier this month, Yellowstone National Park saw historic flooding with rivers rising to levels not seen in 100 years. Another once-in-a-generation event. It's pretty weird how these these once-in-a-generation or once-in-a-lifetime events millennials are getting to see. I guess we're just lucky that way. The consequences of global warming are just going to get more and more extreme unless something is done. In the meantime, people are getting displaced and the destruction is astounding. To quote the article, the northern part of the park where the river flows through steep canyons suffered the most damage as the Yellowstone River cut a new course. The road between Gardner and the park headquarters near Mammoth Hot Springs, a main supply route into the park, was washed out. It is expected to take months to repair. So it's probably a good idea if we all take a Purin tablet or two. Don't worry. It's just aspirin with the A and the S scraped off. 
That's right. I recently rewatched The Birdcage with Hank Azaria, <laughs> Nathan Lane, and Robin Williams. As you and you know what, I enjoyed it as much now as every other time. But as I recently learned about gay face and rainbow capitalism, I had to ask myself, how did the gay community feel about this movie? So I found this article, Was It Good for the Gays? by Tyler Coates. And while the movie heavily relies on gay stereotypes, in the end, it's a movie about family. Here's how Tyler Coates finished up in the article. So, quote, The Birdcage is one of the most radical Hollywood depictions about gay men in particular because it offers both diversity and humanity while accomplishing an even more difficult feat. It's funny as hell. Oh, hell yeah. I love that movie. It must have been my Guatemalanes. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my my characters in high school. One of your split personalities? Yes, that was me. (laughs) You think I'm too butch for your little estrogen rockets? (laughs) So nobody has actually seen the the Buzz Lightyear movie? I I haven't. I I snuck into the theater. Just kidding. I I snuck into YouTube and watched just the scene that everybody was all... Uh, you know, outraged by, and literally it's like a, like two, three frames. They get close, they kiss, and then that's it. I've had longer kisses with men than these two lesbians have <laughs> on that screen. All right. What? I don't know if that says more about the movie <laughs> or more about you. <laughs> more about these kiss. <laughs> oh, it was an accident at first, and then we just kind of lingered. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, nothing I do is by accident. <laughs> the point is, it's a tiny little peck. Aladdin and Jasmine had a way steamier and more sexual kiss. Oh, yeah. And the Will Smith one? No. God, no. No. God, no. You're talking about the, the drawn cartoon Aladdin? Oh, yeah. The Aladdin. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was that, tongue in that. that. First kiss sexual yeah. tension. Yeah. Oh, sexual tension. Yes. Not condoned by the Bible, and yet nobody batted an eye. You know, the Bible hadn't been invented yet when Aladdin was... They weren't Christians. Probably. Oh, <laughs> exactly. It's no big deal. I did not see Buzz Lightyear, but I will say it. Uh, it's not. Damn it, Johnny. What was the word you used? <laughs> I don't remember. Cocktail. <laughs> no, you didn't. You boycott it. Boycott it. I didn't. Boycott boy, I didn't boycott it out of any reason. It's just that for me, Toy Story franchise ended with Toy Story 3. I mean, that's the end game. Yeah. I don't need to see anything after that. I agree. I think it was one of those series that I did not need a further exploration exactly. of that, of that missed, um, world. I felt good. I missed Toy Story 3. You and it went it. to 4. And then I was like, Jesus Christ, what happened? Oh, I had to go back and rewatch 3. Yeah. And I was kind of glad I missed it because it was cried Because you cried, right? No, I didn't like it that much. Because it made me cry. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> made me feel all funny inside. <laughs> <laughs> Sad, but in a good way. <laughs> as soon as I wrapped that up, y'all brought up Hank Azaria, and that is the reason why I put him first. Even though, like the actor, the I like, starring ones are Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. I think Hank Azaria steals the show. Oh yeah, we haven't done a proper movie recommendation in a while, so so you know, before you Pride Month wraps up, go ahead and watch The Birdcage. It is fucking funny. Now, so this is this is a bit that uh, Jess prepared for us on rainbow capitalism. Every June, we start seeing rainbows pop up everywhere. Merchandise in stores, commercials, and social media posts declare allyship and promote inclusivity. Pride Month is about visibility and celebrating the milestones of the LGBTQ plus communities. It's important to normalize diverse families and show that there are companies who genuinely stand up against homophobic rhetoric. Participation in Pride Month is almost undeniably a good thing. 
After all, if these public posts can help just one person feel that much more accepted, what's the harm? But how much of it can still be considered a good thing if these same companies are only allies during the month of June? Underneath the colorful posts and flamboyant facade is a sinister truth. Many of these companies only portray themselves as allies in public, while in private, they work through often conflicting agendas. Companies like Walmart, Disney, and American Airlines support anti-LGBTQ legislation and actually have a history of discrimination. Is the visibility still a step forward regardless of the hollow support? How genuine is it for a company, even if not politically motivated, to support the community only when it is commercially acceptable to do so? Is the support worth having when it masks the harm that occurs underneath? You know what? I think it, it, it falls back to where that's a, that's a subject. I just, it, it just, I feel that just shouldn't be everywhere. And not just that subject, like sexuality in general, period. That's why it's so easy to do it, you know, during that, during June, it's, it's accepted and it's almost, uh, uh, you know, demanded and whatnot. And if they don't do it, they could get some backlash, whatnot. And mm -hmm. so they might do it just because they, they feel like they have to do it. Um, and it, it just falls it's back. it's good on, PR. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh but then it goes away and, and they don't touch the subject anymore as I feel they, yeah. it should. I don't know. I just see it just because like through the eyes of, of, of a parent, you know, I, I don't want my kids to be exposed. And it's not just that. It's, it's all sexuality in general. But you have to speak to your kids about it at some point. Yeah. Like there's still regular sexual references in everything that you watch. Yes. Like, and, 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 usually I, and it's I don't straight. agree with those either. Right. Yeah, but the, the same way, like I hate I'm watching something and then it comes on. I'm like, OK, that's it. It's time for me to stop watching this. And it, mm -hmm. I, I, I strongly believe if you're making content, you know, on, on Netflix, on anything, any kind of a movie or anything like that, if you have a good script and a good movie, you don't need to sexualize any part of it. And you can have a great movie, you know, so why do it? Usually they'll they'll find a way to add in a romantic. It or almost sexual feels aspect. forced in. I don't like it. Like it's unnecessary to the plot. I can't think unless unless you're watching something that's specifically for you know like the the L word on HBO or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck. I get it. That is specifically you go to watch that kind that kind of stuff, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if it if it has nothing to do if it doesn't you know it's not going to move the plot. If you can't find a way to show how a, a two characters feel for each other without having a, a sex scene, then your writer fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I, well, I don't. Think I actually people felt are that saying, that's go go for it, Alan. Do, do you mind? Uh, just because I was going to circle back to Buzz Lightyear. I actually I haven't watched the movie, but I also felt that it was kind of forced. The movie came out during Pride Month. The first cut it didn't include that. Obviously, they had it prepared and they were going to put it out that way, but. Uh, Disney asked them to cut that scene. So they released a version that doesn't have it. And then now there's a version that does, which tells mm -hmm. you that the movie could do well and stand on its own without it. Exactly. So I kind of felt like how much, how much of, of that is them actually being supportive and how much is it just fab like pandering basically. Disney is not kind to the LGBTQ plus community. So it's quite a lot of pandering. 
I want to quote Harvey Firestein on this. Harvey Firestein was the guy who played Robin Williams' gay brother in Mrs. Doubtfire. It's a family movie that has a gay couple in it. To quote, sometimes bad representation is better than no representation. And he's been an advocate for gay rights since like the mm. 80s at least. Touche. So even yeah. I did, is- uh, yeah, I did also feel that get what you can get. You know, don't don't talk shit about it. At least they're fucking doing it. Fine. You know, it, it can't be bad. I don't fault any businesses who are like, oh, I'm going to take advantage to sell more, whatever. That's business. Fine. I do agree with Jess that there are definitely those businesses that do it only in June. And in the rest of the mm. year, they actively donate to yeah. anti-gay uh, movements and politicians. Yeah. That is definitely uh, shady. And, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves for that. But if the rest of the year they don't do anything and then in June they do, I'm not going to fault them on that for trying to make a buck. But how much is, how much of that is politics, man? That's business also. It, you know, it oh, sucks yeah. that politics they, they, is all it, business. Yeah. It sucks mm-hmm. that they'll, they'll have those agendas of the, they'll be anti whatever. But if those are the people that are getting them the contracts and getting them the money, you can't you can't fault them on it. Because they don't I mean, really we, care. Like we, to be honest, they don't care because they're making the money. Like they, yes. they just want they want to make money. We can still call I them mean, out. We can still call them out on the, their yeah. nonsense the same way we would any company that you know maybe during February is actively donating towards like black movements and black politicians, but then the rest of the year they're donating against African Americans and stuff like that. We can definitely hold them up to the same standard of hey, how come you do this during this month, but then the rest of the year. You're pulling this other nonsense. Like we can call them because out because we it. want money. Absolutely, I don't Doesn't know. Mean, I, I actually have. At least they're honest about it. Great, but we can still call them out, and we can boycott <laughs> them and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it matters for sure. There's, um, especially in to give you an example, the skincare community. I mean, people want to know where the ingredients in their makeup is coming from, and people will actively not purchase from a certain um, company just because they aren't sourcing their ingredients from places that people believe in especially nowadays we all want to know what's going into our makeup our shampoo our clothes our food our water like we all want to know where these things come from and we want to know because we don't want to spend our money on people that we don't believe in i think now's the the most visible time where you can see what your companies are what they stand for where their money goes because ultimately where your money goes is supporting where their money goes so I think it definitely matters. Um, I don't think that just allowing it because it's considered making money is enough. Like, no, you should at least advertise that you believe these other things. Like they do it on a very low key. It's public information, but they definitely don't advertise that. So they can still make a buck during Pride Month, I guess. You got to eat. You got to eat. Well, on the on the flip side of that, and speaking of eating, there's uh, Chick-fil-A who's, you know, long advertised their yeah. Their, their beliefs so there, there are some businesses that do like genuinely have a stance and then just mm-hmm. make that public and everybody kind of knows about that i boycotted chick-fil-a good on you not, good on not you ally not because <laughs> of that. I, because i can't get a fucking sandwich on sunday and i fucking hate it it's okay the popeye's <clears throat> chicken sandwich tastes almost identical oh yeah i'm i'm almost sure they're in cahoots with each other because they know that if they give to, uh, Popeyes a recipe, they might get money, and that way they don't have to sacrifice their Sunday for Jesus Day. So I'm completely con- convinced that this is a conspiracy. They taste identical. 
It's I don't think conspiracy. they taste the same. They I don't do. think so, Jess. No. It's the pickle. It's no the pickle. Way. They both have pickles. You know who you know who I think I had had gotten closer? McDonald's had put one out that was goddamn, I want to say like 97%. No. And they don't the they took it away. They took it away and got rid of it. I don't know why. Chick-fil-A. They changed it. They changed it. Big oh, more than likely. More than likely. They're like negative. <laughs> and I was Chick-fil-A. like, yeah, I don't need to go to Chick-fil-A ever now. And then <laughs> it was gone mysteriously. I'm like, no. <laughs> well, if you want some help on that, you can buy a Southern style uh, chicken breast at Sam's. And it tastes damn near like uh, Chick-fil-A. I mean, I know. I'm just saying, you know, ever. You know, ever since I went vegan, I just don't really miss Chick-fil-A on Sundays anymore. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you miss everything Rock. else on Sunday. Rock, <laughs> round of applause for the vegan. <laughs> I do find it hard to believe that Jesus would not have wanted chicken on Sunday. Jesus was not vegan. No, going back to the to the gay scene from uh from Buzz Lightyear, I think Disney flirted with the idea right. in in the Doctor Strange movie. Where they put two moms together, oh, they yeah. didn't get it. They didn't get any backlash from that, and they're like, "Let's trade. Let's take it one <clears throat> step further." And then that's when they got the backlash. They didn't get backlash because they were just standing near each other, yeah. and they could Correct. play that off. There was no, there was no <laughs> sexual tension, or yeah, like they were. That. Just it's been happening together. for years, to be honest. Um, not not just like you're you you saw Doctor Strange because that was like the most. Like recent, recent example, I, I remember when it. we watched it today. Well, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, when when Luca came out, and I mm. want to say that's Pixar. I'm just gonna yeah, double check real quick, so. right? Don't mess when, with that one because my kids watch it all the time. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it! Everyone's gay in that movie. Stop it! No, I haven't actually sat through it because I don't really like it. Because it's gay. <laughs> you, it's not for you. <laughs> you know what? I had my. That's I had what my I could get my finger on. <laughs> no, the the script was uh was very close to them being uh somewhat like more in a relationship, but they instead of pals. It was instead of pals, right? So they just flirted with that idea. You can tell Luca's a little bit more effeminate too, and the whole thing. And you the way um, you looked at him. So so Luca was eventually just like watered down, and now it's just a story about pals. But if you look at the Italian songs, some of the Italian songs are still preserving that original like script narrative. And there's a love song. Okay, yeah, and Italian. and Italian is right. And Italian is like by default mm. is kind of like a love language, but <laughs> that's French though. No, there are the romantic languages. Come on. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Speaking of love languages, here's the clip. Bienvenidos, I'm Antonio Carrillo Guerra, and this is Language of Love. Today we have a story from Taylor, 25. She writes, Mi querido Antonio. Taylor, now you are speaking the true language of love. She writes, My boyfriend Jordan says I am too attached to him and do not give him personal space. He regularly makes plans with friends and, to be honest, I do feel jealous of that, but I try to respect it regardless. When he's not with his friends or working, I would like to spend as much time together as possible. He says he needs time for himself too. But we have been together for two years. 
and I feel like lately he needs more and more time to himself. All I want is some sign that I'm not just a trial subscription, but he will later cancel. Jordan is very important to me. We were friends since before I came out as gay, and I do not want to push him away. So what can I do to save this relationship? Taylor, it appears to me you are not a young lady. So I'm going to pretend you and Jordan are both women. Give me a second. Okay, now here is my advice. Love is a fire you must keep burning. It can grow hot at the beginning, then slowly come down. But if the embers are still there, it can be rekindled and refueled. Jordan sounds bored with the usual, so it could be helpful for both of you to try new activities. If, he, if she is not willing to talk over options, then the issue may be bigger. Either way, you can't provide a trial subscription forever. Jordan will either have to cancel or upgrade to plus. Thank you for writing in. I'm Antonio Carrillo Guerra, and this is Language of Love. It's that whisper every time gets me. How appropriate. And now we go to our team for some news bites. Well, all right. Thank you, guys. Today, we're going to take a little trip back in time through the history of Hollywood, especially as it relates to the Motion Picture Production Code, better known as the Hayes Code, which was adopted in 1930 as a set of rules and regulations detailing which content could or could not be shown in movies produced by American filmmakers for American audiences to uphold the moral standards, quote unquote, of the country. The Hayes Code upheld the following guidelines. Number one, audiences should not sympathize with crime, wrongdoing, evil, or sin. And all perpetrators of crime, evil, and sin must be punished. Two, only correct standards of life shall be presented. And considering the code was written with Catholic undertones, we can all guess whose standards this implied. Right. And three, no sexual perversion will be depicted. This actually included homosexuality and even interracial relationships. So, what did the enforcement of the Hayes Code mean for queer people working in Hollywood? Well, it meant that if they wanted to depict any type of queer undertones or queer characters in movies, they had to be the villains of the story. By the 40s and 50s, with the Hayes Code in full swing, villains began to embody characteristics of queer stereotypes. Effeminate men and masculine women became the rules du jour for villains. This was the birth of the gay Hollywood villain trope. One of the most notorious examples was the 1941 version of the Maltese Falcon. In it, Peter Lorre as Joel Carroll is the epitome of the gay villain. He's dainty, melodramatic, carries gardenia-scented business cards, and spends a little too much time caressing his walking stick, even at, even holding it just a bit too close to his mouth. Oh. The word gun cell is tossed around several times. Gun cell, by the way, is not like a cell sword, like you might hear on Game of Thrones, all right? It didn't mean a hired gun. Gun cell was actually an old Yiddish term that to modern audiences could be loosely translated as twink. These were the villains of the movie. Another example is the classic universal horror film, The Bride of Frankenstein, which unlike the original Frankenstein, really played up the camp throughout the film. Directed by the openly gay James Whale, Bride co-starred the openly bisexual Ernest Thesiger as Dr. Pretorius. Much like Joel Cairo, Pretorius has a variety of queer-coded ca characteristics. He's flamboyant, campy, and just a little odd in his voice and mannerisms. <laughs> He repeatedly attempts to sway Henry Frankenstein to join him in creating life together. 
And even though Henry Frankenstein created the original monster, and of course plays a hand in creating the bride, it's only the queer-coded Dr. Pretorius who meets a grisly demise when the monster blows up the lab and castle with them in it, the two unnatural beings having to die for their sin of existence. And even Disney got in on the action. Their first villain, the Wicked Queen, is an archetypical lesbian. She's unmarried, vain, <laughs> has a deep voice, and wields power typically associated with a male. So right off the bat, Disney was also queer-coding its villains. And it continued with characters like Captain Hook. He's flamboyant, cowardly, and prone to crying. Prince John, he's a whiny mama's boy. Cruella DeVille was based on the self-described ambisextress Tallulah Bankhead. These villains during the, hair, the Hayes Code were queer-coded because filmmakers knew mainstream audiences would not sympathize with these types of characters. Whether audiences were overt, overtly homophobic or not, there was something about this type of characterization that made them feel uneasy, uncomfortable. And unfortunately, this queer-coding of villains resulted in a shorthand for filmmakers. Hey, not sure how to make a villain in your movie? Just make him the antithesis of heterosexuality. Make the men cowardly and effeminate and make the women aggressive and masculine. This shorthand even continued well past the abandonment of the Hays Code in the late 1960s. Ursula from The Little Mermaid was based directly on drag queen divine. Jafar with his guy liner and thin yeah. goatee and mustache looks like a villainous John Waters. And even Scar had quite the sensational mannerisms throughout The Lion King. Right. And, but of course, it, it wasn't just Disney, right? No, we had Buffalo Bill, a cross-dressing serial killer in Silence of the Lambs. Angela from mm -hmm. Sleepaway Camp being revealed as trans was meant to shock and frighten audiences. Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer constantly played up the lesbian subtext as she seduces Buffy to the dark side of being a slayer with comments like, hey, just keeping her warm for you and give us a kiss. And I haven't even discussed mm -hmm. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, a movie that is celebrated, celebrated by the LGBTQ community as the gayest mainstream horror movie since The Bride of Frankenstein. And it featured the first ever scream queen that was a male. Yet it too was written with deliberate homophobic intent. Queer coding had become the lazy man's method for creating villains. But overall, the true tragedy of all this is that it led to the codification that being gay, trans, queer equaled being evil and sinful. So many of these queer-coded characters had to, had to, as per the Hayes Code, be punished. They had to lose, suffer, and in many cases, die for their deeds. They could not be portrayed sympathetically at all. Audiences grew to associate being queer with being bad. It's wrong and villainous and deserves to be punished. One bright spot, though, as the culture climate has changed over the decades, we've started to understand the unfortunate implications of queer-coded villains. And more queer-coded characters are being portrayed in a positive light. Though it'll probably be a long while before the idea of the gay Hollywood villain truly is a thing of the past. For a more humorous take on this, check out James Adomian's gay villain stand-up comedy bit on YouTube. It's hilarious, and he even tackles other children's programming like the Transformers and He-Man. You'll laugh your fabulous socks off. <laughs> you just fucked yeah. up my entire fucking <laughs> upbringing. <laughs> you should have. You should have ended that with uh, Yas Queen. Yas Queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I immediately Holy thought of Trunchbull from Matilda. Yes, exactly. Right? Oh crap! There's another one. <laughs> Man, you fucked me up. 
but this is this was the gay queer coded villain and these are right. these were the reasons for it why it continued so long after the haze code and still continues to this day you'll see a lot of villains that are a lot more feminine than the hero the hero's always like rugged and tough it is that's exactly what it is <laughs> absolutely like, it was absolutely your... it was i choose not to believe it but there's no such thing as bad publicity though like if anything oh, it's going helping back. them that was it did it did there, there are like i said there are a lot of movies within the gay community that despite the villains of course being queer code and being the bad guys that are iconic like i said the nightmare on elm street 2 that's a huge movie in the in the gay community they love it because it's got a a, a male scream queen you know uh, the disney villains even though they're all queer coded and evil they are fabulous and who does not love the Disney villains, um, Howard, I believe it was Howard yeah. Ashman, the songwriter for Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, I think even. Who does he was open, score? He was openly gay, and even he said, hey, it's more fun writing for the villains yeah. than for the right. good guys, you know? So, <laughs> this, you know, kind of going with what Ben says, you know, for a lot of queer audience members, especially in 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, all that, the only chance they could see a queer character was as the villain and so a lot of these movies became symbols of pride for them despite the fact that they're evil and bad there's something that they could at least see of themselves and they always champion the villains because at least the villain is trying to upset the status quo versus in real life the status quo was no being gay is bad stirring the pot and stirring the pot absolutely i feel that nowadays the villains are always the spotlight I mean, I don't know too many people that always want to dress as the hero. A lot of the times people will want to dress as the villain. The villains are more fun. And I do I do think it is because of the queer coding. Like, there is something about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's more fun. And part of that was because they were queer coded. They were allowed <laughs> to be fantastic and over the top. And the good guys had to be, you know, just a regular... I Gaston was just uh, Metro. That's so he took care of himself. <laughs> Stop it. Leave him alone. Uh, I think he was trying a little too hard to prove he was straight. Picking on him. <laughs> Darth Vader, he's totally into theatric. <laughs> Super dramatic. Bust in with like, uh, you know, fog machine onto. Flowing cape. A cape. I mean, he comes uh, in with his own theme song. <laughs> Stormtroopers are playing that on a boombox. He wears that helmet like a fucking accessory. Yeah, you don't get that it. just anywhere. Oh, it is. <laughs> he <laughs> he had all that made. <laughs> so that's 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 the gay Hollywood trope, you know. I mean, it's what about all the gay superheroes like Batman and Superman? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> what? What Stop! Stop it! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our Kelso bites. <laughs> that was his Kelso bite. What about yeah, all the gay heroes? I pose a question. Where are all the superheroes? <laughs> I have no bites. Oh, no. <laughs> he fucked me up. <laughs> I... <laughs> He's like in reboot I, mode, going back through every yeah, like, wait, wait, movie. He's like, oh my God. More about the, the, tell me more about David Bowie list. and The Labyrinth. Oh my wait, God. What? I need to tell you. <laughs> I thought the, 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 what was her face in Sleeping Beauty? She, 
She was a divorcee. <laughs> yeah, well, we know not why a, she left she the husband. That's right. Not a widower. No, that, she left him because he left her. <laughs> why would he leave her? She's tall. She's thin. She's in great shape. <laughs> she's fucking mad. <laughs> you don't get into that relationship not no. knowing she what you're getting into. Turns him into a fucking newt every time he doesn't do the dishes. <laughs> oh, Maybe. <my> <laughs> But seriously, next time next time you watch a movie with a villain, keep an eye out for C. I, 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 said, I can't watch movies anymore. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no movies. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and then you and then you have like you have like Loki. You got Loki. Op- he's open. He's pretty he's open. Openly, he? That's right. No, yeah. he's not. He totally wants. <laughs> he totally wants. What's her face? His. Oh shit! Wait, he wants Loki. He wants, he wants, he wants himself. Himself. <laughs> Oh no! You, stop it! Stop! God damn it! I, I am turned on by one man. That's me. Make me gay. I fuck me. <laughs> Look, I'm a sexy little beaver. Sexy little otter. <laughs> Look, all I know is when my mom told me that the Goblin King in the Labyrinth was a man, I knew I was not going to be fully straight. My lady. <laughs> You're going to see the bulge? That hair. What? The eyeliner, you mean? The glitter Maybe, on you know, your face? Did I don't know about away? you, but my eyes did not gravitate toward the bulge, Johnny. It was uh, the hair for That's me. the only thing that stood out about him to me. Yeah. Who's, who's gayer then? I know. At this point, <laughs> at this point I'm just open about it. Oh, shit. <laughs> my nipples. <laughs> and there go my nipples again. Eat it. Eat it. And there go my nipples again there, eat it. Oh my god. <laughs> what else we got? I oh, I actually watched C-Lab like last week. I I uh, put it back on. I was like, "Oh man." I still I tried that. to get my kids into it. My uh, Vince had a uh a, a moment with the dolphin episode in the Predator. <laughs> he loved it. He loved it. It's cuz he's so fat. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. Oh. And Bebop Cola, man. Oh, oh hey, that's boy. my recommendation right there. C Lab 2020. There you go. Classic laughs. Classic laughs. Check man. out and check out a Nightmare on Elm Street too. It's one of the better Freddy sequels. <laughs> Freddy used to be my favorite horror movies, man. Wait till you see what he does to Jesse. Jesse, you're in that movie? I wanted to keep it a surprise. Oh, oh not you, <laughs> Jesse. <Jesse's Yeah>. In <laughs> <the movie. Yeah. laughs> I was like, well, okay. Not you, Jesse. The male, <laughs> the male Jesse. We always knew Freddie was kind of queer. Even, uh, what's his name? Way back in the day, Tommy Davidson. Freddie. Even Poncherello. Poncherello's in the C-Lab. Ponch. Uh, Eric Estrada. Eric yeah. Estrada. These are all references that uh, the kids won't get. So, C-Lab 2020. It's a show that came out in, what's the year, guys? 2020. 2020? That's based on 2020. No, no, that's the name of the show. That's why I can be misleading. Wait, wait. The original C-Lab was like from the 60s or 70s or something like that. We're talking about C-Lab 2021. God, you're right. It's 2021. Was it? Was it 2021? 2021 At the the end of every, every, it, it rolls over into 2021. 
Right, but it was, the, but it didn't come out in 2021. That one came no. out in 2000. So as you can see, it could be confusing for our listeners if they're trying to look <laughs> this up. So catch no. C Lab 2021, and if you like that, go back and catch C Lab 2020 and see what you think. <laughs> Let us know what you think. How does this land on the Congo scale? Oh, C Lab 2021. You know what? There were a few episodes with was there was there a monkey in there somewhere? I believe there was a baboon. So that puts it at a seven. Automatically, yeah, monkey, seven or eight. monkey automatically means seven. Uh, uh, yeah, a monkey in your movie automatically puts it as a seven on the Congo. What scale. about Planet of the Apes then? Where does that land? Oh, that's oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It puts Is it, it at a monkey? nine only because it didn't have the robot. No gay bad guys. Amy, love robot. It didn't have enough gay monkeys. <laughs> Not enough for any. <laughs> All right, listeners, that's, that means it's time for our full scoop. Woo! Um, Woo! Yeah, I have no idea how we're going to get into this. but <laughs> I thought that was. That was it. I thought that was okay. great. Oh, well, then there you go. Gay chicken. Johnny, do you have an intro to us? Can you explain gay chicken for us? <laughs> sure can. <laughs> I can. I can perform I, it for you. I can show you. Yeah, yeah I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Tell us why you are no, the queen of gay chicken. No, it's just, it, it's, it's a game, but there's no clear start. It just happens. <laughs> it just happens. And once you're in, you can't get out because you, you lose. And right. it's just, all it has to do is who, who can be what gay than win? the other person. Pride. Respect. Street cred. Street cred. Sounds, sounds pretty gay to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> you just go back and forth, see who who who's gayer than the other. And at hey. the end you end up, you know, making out and feeling all awkward. But everyone's a winner then. But you, <laughs> but you both win. I've never so, lost. So you think the LGBT community? Do you think the LGBT community is feels left out that they don't have gay chicken? Yeah, because you can't play gay chicken with them. You have to play straight chicken. Straight chicken? <laughs> <laughs> well, straight you chicken would be like between a, a gay man, a gay woman, and they pretend yeah. to be straight. Like, oh, look, we're so straight. Uh, oh, look, my God, I guess we are straight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I touched what your just boob. happened here? <laughs> And then the bisexuals <laughs> show up and they take the gold from everyone. God oh, damn it, bisexuals. Damn those bis. <laughs> That's not fair. I'll give everybody a tip. The easiest way to win at gay chicken is you have to be the first one to start removing your shirt. <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> it does not shirt, end there. It, <laughs> it doesn't end there. No. no, no. I didn't say it. That's the where it ended. I'm saying oh. that if you're the first one to start that, if you're the first one to start that, the odds are in your favor. <laughs> Oh I I usually when the when the when the heat gets turned on the first one to lean in for a kiss that's usually the deal breaker <laughs> right there oh that's how I open the game <laughs> I'm you playing can't the, get past I'm, that you I'm can't sorry. play with me Johnny you are not on my level I'm playing the masters oh, shit. <laughs> this is the masters open over here yeah, you I'm start thinking we're playing with leaning in you're playing that game with with gay people that's not fair. <laughs> 
and I still win somehow. <laughs> and you, 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 <laughs> you made them uncomfortable. I'm not that gay. <laughs> It's not about the game anymore. It's about I'm not paying for this tab. You're just getting free. <laughs> <I'm not> <laughs> we have some questions in our full scoop as usual. And because it is Pride Month, I thought it'd be an interesting question to ask to say, what non-sexual part of your identity are you most proud of? Alan, and... lead the lead the discussion, I feel. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good question. I uh, should have thought more about <laughs> He's this. He's praising his own question. Non- that's a good question. So you think about your own question? <laughs> hey, hey. Non- most non-sexual part of you that's what? You're proud of? What? what What? about your identity do you like? What makes it sexual? No, no. Just what, what saying. makes it non-sexual? I was going to write things down and guess what you guys were going to say. My my, The one that I thought of immediately was Johnny saying penis. So I, I had to put that disclaimer and say non-sexual. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> the way yeah, that was the first thing, and then I was like, "Wait, <laughs> you're absolutely." Right. But no, I'm not that proud of that. Okay, so didn't come up. Why do you have five kids? Because <laughs> you can. Pride and joy. I'm not proud uh, of it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Ten years from now, kids, when you're listening to your death podcast episodes, he did not mean that. They're not proud of this either. <laughs> They're not going to listen to it. He's like, oh, I forgot I have about no the pride. Room. I have no pride. I, I am above pride. I have moved on. I am evolved. That sounds like pride to me. Why are you bragging about it? He's yeah, he's proud that he's above pride. I'm above pride, you guys. Look at this. I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm proud <laughs> of it too. Oh. I'm a higher being. <laughs> 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 the uh, most thing I'm proud of is I have no pride. <laughs> I'm That's so just God, wishing for I'm most. I'm so more goddamn wishing. humble. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for for you know what for me I, I can give you I can give you something. All right, cool. Uh, it's I feel like I really like about myself when I get to be creative, which is things like this podcast. All the stuff I used to do for the LWA. I really take a lot of pride and enjoyment about being able to be creative and put something together for either one or two people to watch and enjoy or a whole bunch of people to watch and enjoy. That's something that I, I feel very proud of. It just turns me being on. Able, turns me on. Turns me on. That's sexual. You, you got to take that back. <laughs> for me, I think I'm funny a lot of the time. And ever since I was in high school, I would get comments from other people saying, dude, like, you're like a cartoon character. Like, how do you come up with these things? And like, I would be in class. And when I was trying to get a laugh, because I was a class clown, I was not trying to make the students laugh. I was always trying to make the teachers laugh. If I could make them laugh. Then I would get in trouble a lot less of the time. Get in trouble, <laughs> right? They can't right. give me the attention so, if you laugh, right? So when other other kids are being stupid and making like the the neighbor laugh with with like throwing a paper or something, I was like, dude, you're playing on such a low level, and I was already like <laughs> yeah, honing you're, you're in on, my timing. That's ass clown yeah. level. So, uh, and and a, a big part of that for me was uh, was whose line. I'll just watch who's oh, yeah. it anyways. And I was like, show. dude, that improv is on another level. And so that that's yeah. what I was that's the level that I was striving for. Um, trying to make adults laugh as a as a young teen. 
for sure. Because there was, I think there was a time that I got sick and I couldn't go to school. And I recall you putting on this like play and you were all the characters. Oh, I, I remember that remember. now. Oh my yeah, God. It was so funny. It Do it great. now. Do it now. Tell me you have that screenplay and divide it, it up now. and we will we'll shoot it an episode where we do we it. We will fucking do it. We will do it, I swear. It was great. I'll be the gay villain. <laughs> oh my God. Ben comes back to I'll be the gay villain. <laughs> oh. Somehow, somehow he just always catches that. I just want to go get a beer. Ben, I wasn't thinking about drinking. I'm sorry. I smoke a cigarette. Makes you want to smoke. I grab a beer. Makes you want to drink. If Ben starts sucking dick, Johnny's in trouble. Oh, you want to play gay chicken? <laughs> Damn it. I can't even say I won't because it'll go against a whole episode. It's only gay if you close your eyes. I can't say I won't because I'll lose. And damn it, I'm competitive. <laughs> Hey guys, today I'm stepping out of my true crime corner to speak about a new legislation in Texas. After a Texas gay bar hosted a daytime, family-friendly drag brunch event, a Texas legislator plans to introduce a bill to ban drag shows for minors in order to protect kids from, quote, perverted adults. News broke out only two weeks after the horrible tragedy of the Uvalde mass school shooting for which Congress has done nothing for, by the way. So far this year, there have been 96 school shootings, resulting in 40 deaths and 78 injuries. However, no children have ever been hurt or killed at any drag show or Pride event. In an interview with RuPaul, an American drag queen who hosts RuPaul's Drag Race, he believes that the ban on drag shows is a diversion tactic from the gun control debate. For those who don't know, RuPaul's Drag Race is a popular TV show who's had celebrity guest judges such as J-Lo, Ariana Grande, Lady Gaga, fashion designer Marc Jacobs, and many more. In the interview, RuPaul responds with, take away them guns, that'll help your kids. My final thoughts, as I can tell, drag shows don't usually randomly appear. I can comfortably walk away if I'm not in the mood for a great show. Mass shootings do randomly occur with no notice and your chances of leaving in a safe manner is near zero. Drag shows are by choice. You're there and you know you want to be there. Mass shootings are not by choice and nobody in their right mind wants to be near one. I know which one I'd rather be at with my family. And that's our show. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. You can find links to the stories mentioned in this episode in the podcast description. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe or follow on your podcast app and you'll receive our latest episodes in your feed for free. Really cool how that works. You just received the full scoop. We'll have more for you next week. Hey, we want to hear from you. Do you have a question or topic you want to hear on the show? Drop us a line at speakpipe.com forward slash full scoop and it could get featured in an episode.